You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Daddy Longlegs, Scat Daddy's only proven son at stud in North America. Crowned champion freshman sire in Chile, Daddy Longlegs has already sired three graded stakes winners from his first two crops of runners, including a champion two-year-old colt. A talented runner himself who won multiple graded stakes on multiple surfaces, he's passing that versatility onto his progeny with stakes winners on dirt and turf. Daddy Longlegs, a tailor-made stallion. Call today to book. Welcome to another edition of the Horse Ownership Experience. I'm Billy Koch, founder, managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. Alongside of me, as always, from parts unknown is Michelle Yu. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you, Billy. Uh, we also have a very special guest. We're going to start the show today a little differently. We have Terry Finley uh, on the phone, who is the, oh, I, you know what? I don't even know what your title is, Terry. Uh, West Point Thoroughbreds Guru. What do we call you? That's fine with me. Go El, on with it. El, El, El Jefe, El Jefe of, of West Point Thoroughbreds. Terry, no, in all honesty, tell us, you're on many boards in horse racing. You're obviously, you know everything that's going on. Uh, just we, we talked a little bit earlier today. Terry was kind enough to call me to check in. Uh, first of all, first and foremost, your family's good. Everybody's good. This coronavirus, you're okay. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's good. Uh you know, uh, there's there are a lot of ways you can say it. My heart aches, and I'm sure your guys' hearts also ache um, for a lot of different situations. Where uh, the human race is faced with a, a situation that we've never even come close to encountering, and uh, uh, I I'm just going to trust, and I hope we all trust in the human spirit and the human will. I think that's amazingly well said, um, especially it's interesting that it comes at a, a crazy time in horse racing also with everything that went down with the indictments last week. Michelle and I did a show actually last Monday right after the indictments, and we haven't spoken on – we haven't done another pod since. This is the first time we're back on the air. We got some really great comments. Thank <laughs> you to everybody on the phone. We were we just sat and talked about it, and, and I'm, I'm curious as to your reaction, Terry. I mean, I think I can guess what it can be, but I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Um, I'm no different than just about a hundred percent of the people that I've either talked to or interacted with over the last week, uh, Billy and Michelle. And, and, you know, I just, I do hope that we look back and we can pinpoint and we can attribute, uh, I'd say hero status uh, to Jason and uh, Navarro, and we all know what what would what would cause us to look back at them and identify them as, as uh, true heroes, and that would be they would be looked at as the impetus for really substantive change in our business. Um, so that's that's part. The other question I have for you is, you know, we're talking about all the things that. We, are going on in the business. I hope this podcast is not like 10 minutes. I hope we have a little bit more time than that. We have, we, <laughs> Terry, this is our, we have as much time exa- as you want. Yeah. We redid the pod, Terry, and we could just talk all day. So it's all good. Um, you know, if, if going off of that, and I think again, well said, um, Tell us, because I'm sure people listening, we keep hearing mention of the Horse Racing Integrity Act, the Horse Racing Integrity Act. I know you are familiar with it. Um, can you just talk a little bit about it, why it's important, why you th- may think it's important or may not think it's that important, but this is the the time that, that this is being talked about uh, in probably more seriousness than I've ever heard it, personally. Yeah. Yes. So... Um, look, the bills on the, on the internet, anybody, uh, that, that really has <laughs> the intentionality to read through a bunch of, of the stuff that they put out on a very regular basis in DC by the lobbyists and the staffers, you, you know, that's no different. So what's the gist of the bill? The gist of the, uh, of the bill is really, uh, three things. So one, it endeavors to get rid of, um, any, any substance at all that we give to horses on race day so that we can proclaim on the mountaintop that our horses are led over to the paddock and, and are loaded into the gate and run without 
any race day medication. And, and so in essence, I think that would be a good thing. And, and look, I know that's probably the part that, that conjures up the vast majority of the opposition and the, um, you know, the vitriol, uh, towards the horse racing integrity act. All right. So that's one. Two is it would allow the United States anti anti-doping agency to come in and to orchestrate our anti-doping efforts. And, and there are two parts of our anti-doping efforts and, and any anti-doping program. And those two parts, right, consist of the actual testing, which I think more and more people are realizing is not as important or is not as effective as the, the intelligence, in large part, the human intelligence. <laughs> um, and I, you don't have to take that from me. All you have to do is to pick up uh, any of the of the industry trades and read, sure. you know, take the sure. time. It'll take you a couple hours to read the indictments uh, that that came down that were 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 put you know, onto the street by uh, the Southern District of New York. Um, you know, the federal prosecutors. So that's really what it is. And and I think the the race day medication, like. Interestingly, I was talking to some trainers, some big time trainers who actually just jumped on. And I'd love to go through the list of, of trainers that have jumped on since the indictments have come down. But the one thing I said was, in large part, the, it, it's really about Lasix, right? The sure. race day medication, sure. i.e. is on Lasix. And really, that's kind of taken off. That train has already left the, uh, the station in large part due to what the the coalition tracks, the Stronic Group uh, and Churchill and Naira, they are going in 2020, right? No two-year-old will, will run at any of their tracks uh, with Lasix. And in 2021, um, there will not be a stake horse that, that is loaded into the gate of a stake uh, with, with a Lasix in their system. So really, I think th- they've kind of they've superseded that aspect of the um, of the Horse Racing Integrity Act in in large you know in large part. Yeah, and I I totally agree with you. I think that especially nowadays with everything that's going on and and how and these indictments especially I, you made the hero comment. It's a different way of looking at it. Terry, there's Terry Finley from West Point Thoroughbreds. Who's going to pay for this? Where does the yeah. where does the funding come from for a program like this? Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say one thing, what I I know that's, that's a part of this that, you know, is, 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 is an issue. I'm not going to lie. The reports I've gotten back is it's going to be about $45 a starter to, to address this. Okay. And, and so that's one part. Going going forward, it's just going to be like automatically added. Is that what they're thinking or taken out? I mean, yes. Yeah. Okay. So in large part, it's going to be paid for by by the owner. And I'd offer to you, do you know anybody that um, uh, big owners and big trainers, you know, little owners and little trainers and everybody in between? Is there anybody um, after looking at what Navarro did, i.e. he won seven trainers titles um, at Mammoth Park and I think five out of those seven uh, Jason Service was second at Monmouth Park, and uh, you know, Navarro was what he uh, last year. I think he was forty-four percent. So, with the amount of investment that that all of us make in this business, in terms of time and talent and treasure, I would say forty-five dollars would be a grand bargain, and I would sign up for that. And even if it was double, let's talk about double. I, I would say that'd be fine. But I'll, I'll also offer you this. What do you, what do you pay in California? What do you pay in California for, for drug testing? You know, I have no, I have no I, idea. I have no idea. That doesn't, yeah. that does, does Nobody, that come automatically out of our stuff? Yes. Oh, sure. It's, it's paid for by, by the commission, not by the commission, but you know, the actual, the bill, it, the invoice is paid for by the commission, but you know how the commission is funded. So I'd offer you that. And, and I'd also say this. Um, a, 
the, the head of the RCI um, is, is a gentleman by the name of Ed Martin. And Ed has testified in Congress, and he's very proud of the fact that um, I think that I think if off the top of my head, it was like 360,000 tests that were done. And he threw out a term, right, clearance rate. Our clearance rate is better than than any sport in the in the in the world. And so the the connection there or, or the connotation is that more testing is better. And because our clearance rate, which was ninety nine point two percent, is so high, we're doing a we're, good job. We, right. We don't have a problem. And, right. And like, I understand. And, and I, you know, I know it's easy to say I respect the guy, but I really do. And I'm friends with him. I talked to him on the way home from Ocala the other day. We had a great, a, a great catch up, but he knows exactly where I stand. I don't, I've been on a couple of radio shows and TV shows and I don't say anything to now that I don't say to him in my private conversations, but like that is the old way. Like that's, that's, that's the fifties and sixties. And it's, it's not about the volume of testing. It's about smart testing and our outlook, right? We can no longer just look to check the integrity box by the, the gaming commission or the racing commissions in the States that we operate in, right? No longer can we just accept that they have it like they've, 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 it's been crystal clear. They haven't got the job done. And I'll offer to you, many sports are doing it differently. They're doing it a lot more intelligently. And by that, I mean, they're, they're utilizing those funds, which is a finite amount of money to test at a competition testing Uh, off the top of my head. There are some sports that, that spend 60 to 70% of their, of their drug testing and their, 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 their total integrity dollars, if you will, on, uh, at a competition testing and on research and on, um, on, on the human intelligence, right? Our, our numbers, although they, they might vary a little bit by States are totally out of whack. They don't, they're not even close to what the really effective organizations and industries are, uh, are doing. And, and so that's really what, like we haven't shown, the ability to go down the the path of intelligent testing. And I would offer, and I do offer to people, that's really the, the, one of the big advantages of bringing an organization in like the United States anti-doping agency and with their past performances, quote unquote, are, are solid. They're not perfect. They're not undefeated. And, you know, you hear, you hear the, the pundits and the opponents of the Horse Rate Integrity Act talk about that. Nobody says, nobody, nobody, nobody is in indicating that the Horse Rate Integrity Act is a panacea for our game. Um, but I think it, it, it would help. And I think it's crystal clear now that the alternative, which is to, to continue to try to build a better mousetrap, is simply not going to happen with our current, uh, our current regulatory structure. So Jerry, long answer. Th- com- yeah, no, 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 no. That's what that's what we needed to hear. Go ahead, Michelle. What do, What do you think the odds are that the Horse Racing Integrity Act gets passed? Um, they're they're better than they were on Sunday <laughs> last Sunday night, right? <laughs> hey, and I want to make sure can, everybody knows we, that we're allowed to laugh. We're still allowed to make jokes and yeah. laugh. We know what's happening in our society yeah. with the coronavirus. We understand. We can get to that. But we have to still laugh and have yeah. some fun. <laughs> Otherwise, we, you know, I, I've been playing basketball in the house with my 19-year-old all day. So it's okay. Yeah. You, you're not old enough to have a 19-year-old. Yes. Now, don't tell me that. Okay. Um, so, um, look, it, there are over 250 sponsors uh, of the horse race integrity act in the house and over 25 in the, in the Senate. So, but, but, but there's always something, right? I mean, let's be crystal clear. It's been written about, it's been talked about the uh, Mitch McConnell is very important to this. And right. Mitch McConnell is, is um, the, you know, the head of the Senate 
Um, and he's also the senior senator from Kentucky. So Churchill Downs is not a supporter right now. Um, but I think there's some movement there. I hope there is, but I, I, that's what I'm told. There is some movement, but they've been pretty, pretty vocal opponents of this bill. And, um, uh, so there's some things that have to fall into place that, that really kind of are outside of the, the horse business. Um, and if that happens, I think our, our, our chances will, will es- escalate, but you know, um, look, when the Washington Post puts out an op-ed, which they did last Friday, right beside the 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 op-ed that Bob Baffert wrote uh, in support of the the Horse Racing Integrity Act, when that happens, and the Washington Post is calling for us, our industry, uh, to uh, vaporize, like I would hope that's getting people's attention and. Um, that's, uh, that's I think it as is. strong of a, that's a, that's pretty strong. And that, you know, we know that, that last week, if we were going to have this blow up in the industry, that last week was, was the week to have it. Right. Because nobody was really paying attention no. to that outside no. of our, you know, us, our har- hardcore right. brethren, um, inside the industry. Do you think, so, yeah. Do you um, think both of you think Bob actually wrote that? By the way, I'm joking. I did. There's no chance Bob wrote that, Next but it was question. very nice. <laughs> but it was a Next very, ni- but it was a very nicely written piece. I happened to see him, Terry, the next morning. I saw that him sure. the next morning. I'm like, hey, nice article. And he looked at me. He had no idea what I was talking about. It was very funny. Uh, anyway. No, he did. They they didn't they didn't put his name on that, but but I I know what you mean. They 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 all of a sudden. But you know what? That that's all the political class. We need Bob. We need and guys like Bob. We need him to step forward. I, I mean, believe me, he's under as, he's yeah. under as much scrutiny as as anybody else. Anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. He better be. Yeah, Terry he is, and Terry. I was very proud of him. And yeah. I, I haven't not, not that I haven't seen eye to eye with him, but I've never sent him any horses, and. He's been pretty strident, uh, not pretty. He's been a strident. He and, and Mike uh, Pegram have been ardent opponents. And, and we've always had, that's always been the rub between us. And, you know, Bob's, Bob's a guy who um, he's not shy about making those, those, uh, you know, quips and things like that. And it, yeah, he's very look, I'll tell you, it's been irritating. It, it's been irritating, but, you know, we've kind of come together last, you know, year or so, and I sent him a note, and I, you know, I said I was, I was proud of him. I really yeah. was because I think that sent a, a, a significant signal. Um, and let me, let me now go through who we, uh, we got to jump on. In yes. addition to Bob yeah. Baffert, we got Dale Romans, we got Chad Brown. I, I, I'll, I'll go through these, not in order. So please. Sure. Yeah, it, yeah. It, I no, know a lot know of Dale's your favorite. They're not no, by no, order no. of they're not yeah, by order they're... of um, importance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, put them in order of Eclipse Awards. Yeah, I know. Well, Chad, Chad, Chad Brown. Good, and, yeah. um, Chad Brown. <laughs> Wait a second. Can we stop uh, one Sheryl. second? Can we stop one second and just laugh yeah. for a minute? Have you been following this new Chad Brown Twitter account? And do we think this is really Chad Brown, Michelle? Andy Serling said it's really Chad Brown. He's very. He's actually clever. I can't believe it. Anyway, okay, sorry, Terry. Go forward. I, I don't know. It it depends because I know he he had a tit for tat with Eric Eric Gio the it other day. It was hysterical. Um, it it was. <laughs> Eric, I don't know if you saw the tweet that Eric had with him. Oh, he right. was at a foot massage place, <laughs> and he was talking about Jason Service being in prison. He said oh. they won't treat your feet as well, or or they'll <laughs> they'll have your hands on on your body, but it won't be on your feet. Something like wow. that. You know, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it was kind of cringeworthy, but yeah. Yeah, humorous in some respects. Yes. Um, okay. Chad um, Brown, Dale but, Romans, so Chad, John Sheriff, uh, 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 John Sheriff, uh, Neil Howard, Dallas Stewart. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're the, they're the main ones. Um, there's a, Oh, John Kimmel, who's on the night, the board. So, you know, you last week was a very, very good week to bring trainers on to the Horse Racing Integrity Act, Act uh, bandwagon and to think, let's talk about Dale Romans. 
And I know he's gotten a lot of heat. I'm, if anybody, if there's anybody I'm proud of, it's him because, you know, he has, has the ear of a lot of people. He's a very reasoned, reasoned and, and, and calm guy. And he, he, he committed to me and, um, you know, we went public the very next day on the radio and I know he got a rash of, of a, you know what, and he stuck to his guns. And, um, what was it, uh, what was it about? What was the, what was the rash of, you know, what about like, what, what was the, just that he had joined the horse racing integrity act or uh, the support. Yeah. You need to have him on. Right. Cause I want you and I'll be happy to set that up. But, but I think part of it was just, it's, it's kind of like, uh, the longshoremen against the, 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 the company that owns the ship, right? No sure. matter what, no matter what happens and no matter what that ship owning company says or does the longshoremen, they're, they're saying no, or they're saying the opposite. Sure. So I think there was a little bit of that. Okay. And, um, uh, I think it, you know, there's a, there's a, um, I don't think that, right. When you look at the composition of the horsemen's groups around the country, and you look at the national organizations, the THA and the, um, uh, the national HBPA, um, again, two, two leaders that have done a lot of good for the industry. I just don't think that they're in step with their members. And to think that there are over 60 trainers with like, like well over a billion dollars in earnings and, and like an incredible number of uh, trainers that are in the hall of fame for them to publicly support the horse racing integrity act over the last six months. And, and for them, for those leaders to disregard um, and to not even address it, I think is indicative of you can't say that you represent a group of people and your constituents if they say something and you ignore them. Like that doesn't, that doesn't equate like that does, sure. in today's world that a two plus two does not equal six. And um, <laughs> that, that's what I say. Yeah. I just, I, I see, I, I Makes a lot of see horsemen's groups that are at a, at a step. And, and, you know, I think it's, it's not going to be easy, but um, um, it's a, it's a, it's worth it. structure you know that what? I think. It, their it, time it, is coming. Right. And it, and it's worth it. And, and people are seeing now, I mean, yeah, I think I made the comment to you today that if, if horse racing is able to survive uh, the indictments of last week, the coronavirus shutting down the movement of the Kentucky Derby, which we'll get to in a second, then you know what? We're going to make it. <laughs> it's like, well, this is yeah. it. This is it guys. This is, this is our chance. This is this is we we are at the bottom now, and and we we can only we can we can either cease to exist or we can fight and move forward, and that's what we do on this show. We bring yeah. it positive. We want to fight, and we want to fight the good fight. We you're talking three people on this show love this sport. I'm gonna get choked up. Uh, uh, this is our lives. I say it all the time. This is this is our lives, and this is what this is what we believe yeah. in. This is what we love, and we're gonna fight for it. So uh, we appreciate your time, Terry. Let's talk about some. Let's talk about some good stuff. Wait, wait, I want to ask oh, Terry one thing. Ahead. One thing, Terry. What's one thing we have to do? Either if it's just me and Billy have to do, or if it's us as a people, uh, as a racing family. One thing we have to do to kind of get back on the the upswing here is it get this bill passed? Is it up our out of competition training? Is it form a governing body. I mean, what's one, the number one yeah. thing in your opinion? Yeah. The, the one thing and not, not unexpectedly, I'd say, I'd say this bill, uh, on this Michelle, because I tell you one of the things that strikes me, we know that we have to do, uh, we have to do more right in terms of uh, the uniformity in our business and, and giving trainers a shot and all, all that stuff. Right. And, and I know that there's some really good things going on on the safety side of things and, and we need to synchronize those. And I think if we were to pass this bill, it would give us a framework. It'd be the, the building blocks, right? Be the building blocks to go forward and, and to, um, to get us in a position where if in fact there's a, a, a rogue, the gaming commission say in New York, right? If the next governor 
and somebody came in and they didn't like racing, that they wouldn't have the power to really mess or to really change the things that we know are are beneficial to us and really work in our industry. So that's what I think I think we should continue to spread is, yes, it is the Horse Racing Integrity Act. It does address some very specific issues that we have, but it also will give us a chance to see, hey, we've done something and it's worked on a national level. Now, does that lead us to some somewhere closer to say a commissioner we're never going to have a commissioner let's let's just let's not even waste time there but there might be some other things that come out of this and they're better and they're 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 stronger and they're more effective as a result of the template that emanates from the horse racing integrity act uh, getting up and going and i i don't hear people talking about that um uh but i wish they would yeah, Michelle. Get your, get I want to. Yeah, great. Yeah, I want to move on and ask what Terry thinks about the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> so wait, we haven't even remember. We just started the we show. We haven't even talked about so, it. I know. So let's just for everybody who doesn't know, and I'll just be very quick, and then we'll get Terry's feedback and and what he knows. Um, the Kentucky Derby has been moved to September fifth uh, from its original first Saturday in May. This is the first time I read. 70 what it, what was how many years michelle i, I don't i didn't have write it down 70 uh, years since 1946 1946 was, is the okay. last time it was run in june 1946 terry um what have you heard do you agree with the decision and and what does it mean do you think for the preakness and the belmont which is obviously the triple crown yeah yeah um what what's the what the is is a serenity prayer right the serenity prayer, the, the takeaway is, um, you know, just realizing and the wisdom to, to really know the things that you don't have any control over. And, and that's really the case here, right? I mean, Churchill's a public company. They had to do what they had to do. So look, I, I mean, uh, maybe, so that in and of itself is like, hey, we all all of us, even even people that had horses that were hot to trot and would have been less than 10 to 1 in the Derby if it were to be run on the first Saturday in May. Like, I'm sure that, that there's all kinds of reactions, but I love the fact, just like the playing field is level, ironically, to, to as a segue from our first segment, yes. or our first, the first things we talked about, the, the, the playing field is level. So whenever that happens and – you know, we have to adjust like what industry in on earth and what what entity I can you think of one that's not impacted by the coronavirus? No. I I it's, I can't think of it's, one industry. No. It's been it's it's and, been and so uniform. Uniformly yeah. horrible. <laughs> uniform. How about that? Now let let me let me let me let me also say to you, right? They're they're in the midst of what looks what appears to be a a pretty tough Ocala sale. And I'm sure they're going to limp to the finish line tomorrow. And, yep. and they did what they thought they had to do. Um, I, I, I myself wasn't a fan of them continuing on with the sale, but um, I understand it. And, you know, sometimes, you know, very reasonable people and entities can disagree now, but what I'm getting at is like, let's, let's raise above the stadium a little bit. Like if we're flying above the stadium and look, and the stadium is our industry. This might be exactly what we needed. I'll tell you what I'm thinking. So, we everybody knows for the horse, right? Is the Kentucky Derby better on the first Saturday in May or the first Saturday in September? First Saturday when, in September. September. But right. to be fair, the there horse. are people that have like bred a horse to be ready a little earlier. You buy a horse yeah. thinking, you know, it has to be ready yeah. earlier, right? It's a lot more even playing field in September. Yeah, absolutely. A lot more, and and um, yeah. To be fair, right? But overall, we know that this is fairer, fairer to the horse. Sure. And how can the we ever go stronger? Wrong? Right. Now, the horse is stronger. They're better. Also, Listen. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Terry. Well, also, right? Is it is it better? These two year olds, the, these sales are going to happen, right? Now, is it better for a horse to work nine and four? 
in the middle of March or the middle of July? Never. Oh, yeah, sorry. yeah. Well, easy, easy, Tiger. You were, sorry. You were that, you, that's you, no, I wasn't saying you. I was saying Terry. She's yeah. always right. She's a woman. She's always right. Uh, but. It, but, how but about you, we just say they work saying. fast? Like, yeah, yeah they've, they're developed. They're more. I've been screaming. I'm one of the people, as crazy as this is, that have been saying the change the whole system, make the Kentucky Derby and the Triple Crown it for four year olds. We'd have horses that we'd get to know. We'd have them last longer. Change the they would they'd be stronger physically, mentally, everything. Yeah. I mean, I I said it. I, yeah. I said this 20 years ago. Yep. So and and so, but but we've never really had a a plausible pathway to get right. there. Right? right. Because just like anything, just, just like anything, um, I, I've always said with the Derby, you know, we know what it means to all of us. We know in our hearts and minds. And, and I, I've always said like, what, as you lead up to the Derby, yes, they don't give you enough tickets. They, the purse isn't high enough, right? All these different things, but you never, you never hear owners with any legitimate contenders, talk about that because we're all afraid of the derby gods right mm -hmm. am i right yeah well so you've, the derby you defeated gods are, them are, you, you told the derby gods to you put them right back in their place in what what respect when you won well yes but but, but here's the thing congratulations by the yes, way yes we did and, and i remember being on the show by the way right yes. uh, i was going into a chiropractor that's right uh, appointment after but 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 then afterwards, if you win, you could care less what the purse is. You could care less how many seats they allot at you, right? So sure. you're not going to say anything. And if you lose, you're not going to say anything because you, it didn't you're, you're going to look <laughs> right. You're going to be looked like it didn't matter, and right. you're going to be looked at as a sore loser. Sure. So it's they they basically there's like like Bernie Sanders, right? There was what did they say about him? There's no path to the nomination, or there's no you can't find a path. You can't see a path. And that was the same thing. Like we never had a path that would, would incite any changes until now. Right. Until now. So, so basically if this happens and it happens successfully, which I think it will, I really do. I think it will. And in, in terms of September, we got to figure out what the, the Belmont and everything. Sure. But if we're flexible and I, I know David O'Rourke, I haven't talked to him about this, but you know, they they don't need to go a mile and a half. That whips the the heck out of horses, right? Sure. In May or at the beginning of June. So I'm saying like this, but we have to have the will and the determination. I'm talking about the three of us and our brethren to push for these changes. Because think about it, does it really matter to Churchill if they run three year olds or four year olds on the first Saturday in May? I, no. I'd offer it to you. No, I agree. And so, and so it no one, might be no the breeding industry that cares more. Right. Exactly. No one cares. Yeah. So, 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 so basically, you know, we're just going to have to, I mean, look, you, I, I think to a certain extent where we, and just like a lot of things, the loudest voice and, and the loudest yeller. Right. But if we were to get the mainstays, in Kentucky, the Coolmores, the the Lanes End, Wayne Hughes, you know, there's whatever you could. That list could be, um, you know, ten deep or twenty deep, whatever. But like, I mean, I you we all know that the breeders see the writing on the wall, right? Especially with the coronavirus. Like, th this is a perfect time <clears throat> to retool uh, our entire business and. Uh, Boy, how exciting is that, that we've just kind of artificially been placed in this, uh, I don't say artificial in a negative way, but we've been presented with this great opportunity. And um, uh, let's throw ideas out. Let's, let's keep it on the forefront. We got Twitter. We've got, we got connections. Um, we've got horsemen. We've got owners and trainers. Let's just keep talking. It's our game. And and it's 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 our it really is our game now. You know, it's it's like yeah. when the next two or three generations, when they look back, they're going to talk about Michelle Yu, and they're going to talk about Billy Koch and Terry Finley, and we need to we need to define and to instill our legacy, and that legacy has to be a, a stronger one than it is now, 
and uh, you know, and it's up to us. It's up to us. Uh, that's you, wow. you've just inspired me. I had the chills during I the know, entire right? part. I mean, Terry Finley. <laughs> I'm like, what can I do to define yeah, my legacy? I want to seriously. I want to run through a brick wall for Terry Finley right now. Uh, Terry, we have spoken to you for over 34 minutes. We have taken up so much of your time. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to say thank you. I hope the people listening understand, uh, you know, what you were talking about because I think it's really important. And I think your message out there, keep it strong, keep it going. We support you. And uh, good luck the rest of the year. And when we get back to normalcy, I, I can't wait to see you out here in uh, Southern California. All right. Let the best horse win, guys. Let the best horse win. That's always the best. You got it. That's true. The Terry. Best. Terry I, the best result is when the best horse wins. Stay safe. Best to your family. Say hi to your grandson. I like that kid. The little one. <laughs> I met him. Blake. Yeah, he was Blake. so cute, that kid. All right, be and good. Michelle with her, her too. So. Oh, yeah, believe yeah. me, she's fine. She she drags him in the, the mud. Two toddlers. Yeah, she's fine. Don't worry about her. <laughs> Terry Finley, be good, be safe. Ooh. Thank you for coming on. We'll talk to you soon, guys. We're gonna take a break, and we'll be right back here on the Horse Ownership Experience. For upcoming events, guarantees, and everything that's happening at the Great Race Place, visit SantaAnita.com/events. Welcome back, everybody. Um, Terry Finley, West Point Thoroughbreds, just was on. And really, I mean, you know, we, we laugh about my soapbox. Um, Terry's is higher. Um, and, and, he's, and he's much more poignant. I just get emotional. Uh, but defining your legacy, I think, is really important, something to think about. Not, not just us and not just horse racing, but everybody out there. Is how do you want to be remembered, especially in the industry that you've chosen to uh, go down that path, that life path? And uh, what will they remember about you? And I think it's really important, and sometimes we lose sight of it, and sometimes we, we don't know actually how important we are, right? Uh, Michelle might just say, hey, I'm, a, you know, I'm just a broadcaster. Although I don't think that because she's also an owner and she's married to a trainer. This is her life. This is her game. This is her passion. And and I think Terry's right when it comes to that. And I think everybody needs to kind of step back, especially during these times, Michelle. I mean, this is this is unprecedented what we are going through in the world. I'm not I think I think you and I are probably very similar in our thoughts about the coronavirus. I don't want to speak for you. Um I, I take it very seriously. I am not, uh, I am using social distancing. I am washing my hands a lot. I am not going out very much. I'm doing a lot of work from home, but I'm also not in a uh, full-fledged panic where I'm going out and buying toilet paper, which I still don't understand. Right. Um, is that, is that <laughs> summing up for you? I have a theory about that, actually. That they I have th a theory. That they, thought that, it so was, that they thought when you said the flu, they meant the stomach flu? Is that what it was? No, no, no. Because like people are buying like water and all this stuff, too. Right. I think that, at least in Southern California, when we think of incident or major, you know, uh, travesty, it's generally earthquake related, which means no power, no water, no electric. So, and we can't get to stores, right? Uh, so they're thinking, oh my gosh, everything's shut down. We'll have nothing. That's what we need to buy, purchase, hoard. The um, toilet paper? You know, I, was, I was watching Eric Garcetti yesterday and he's like, look, people, the electricity is always going to be on. The water is always going to be going. <laughs> right. Drink the tap water. Right. So like it is separate than like emergencies that we are normally faced with. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, and are you? But are you? Are you in a in a panic? Are you? Or are you? Oh, no. no, okay, I didn't think so. That's My not Michelle Yu style. Yeah. Um, all right, let's do something. Let's talk about the weekend because uh, there were a ton of pretty amazing races, and they were all uh, um, staged without fans, which. I don't know how big of a difference it makes. I'm so sorry to say that. Um, I love being there when the track is crowded, but it was, you know, I, I don't mind watching from home when there's no one in the stands. You just, you just but still watch fair, the races. We, we did have a little bit of a different scenario once it came to be racing time. So in the morning at Santa Anita, it was really creepy because there was just no one at clockers. There was like no one sure. like setting up for the weekend. Like we usually have a lot of hustle and bustle and there was none of that. But then, like, during the races on, say, Sunday, there must have been 50 people in the paddock. So, you know, really? <laughs> yeah, we didn't have, like, the fans all sitting around. But, like, there was a pretty good amount of people, man, like, I in the paddock. I think that's going to for... die down, don't you, now? I think maybe. I don't know. Probably, yeah. And so, like, at other tracks where they didn't, like, allow anybody to, to get around, it was a little different. Right. 
I think that I think they're going to become stricter. I'm I'm very pleased personally that Santa Anita has been able to stay open. I think it's really yes. important. I think uh, Naira and Santa Anita are both staying open. I think the Florida track is staying Oakland. open. Oakland mm-hmm. is staying open. Um, I think the people there, we just need to continue to uh, be careful and stay safe and stay healthy. Um, and if we can, it's a, it's a great thing for racing that we are the only game in town and that, you know, during this time where uh, you, you, you can't do anything, I mean, you can't go see a movie, um, you can still uh, watch the races and, and play the races. And I know a lot of the, the handicappers are out there, especially the ones on Twitter. Uh, are very happy about that. So hopefully right. well, we some continue. Some places you can't watch the races, including Turf Paradise, Arizona Downs, France, Evangeline, <clears throat> and Keeneland came out and canceled their entire spring meeting, which is crazy. They also said, if you're on the grounds, you're good. But if you're not, don't come. Right. Because they're, yeah, I heard that. Yeah. It's very, I, I don't I don't mind it. I don't mind it. And I like what Terry Finley said about the Derby. I do think, you know, we talk about being Well, this fair. was like a Pat Cummings instantly out, right? Like, this will be the year. Let's push back the Derby to be four-year-olds because no, no one will be affected. It's this crop of three-year-olds will be four next year. Right. And it'll just continue on from there. Oh, that would have been, um, been great. I would have liked that. The, the, you know, obviously, the negative view of that is you breed a horse to peak at three when you have a Derby-type. Come on, quote, Michelle. Unquote, do they really right? breed a horse to peak at, th- at three? I mean, Billy, you're, I'm on your team. I'm just telling you like what the people will say, I right? Know, like even Jack not Wolf came say- out cause he's got authentic and he's like, Oh, I don't know. You know, the horse is doing so good right now. So maybe right. knowing it, and you know, fa- you can get fair. into it later. Listen, it's not fair for the, the, the 20 horses that right now look like they're going to make the Derby, right? Those are the only people, those, those 20 horses and those owners and those trainers, though, that's a very small group. Okay? Right now. And Churchill Downs very well could have run the Derby on May uh, first Saturday in May. They could have done it. They could have done it the same way San Anita's doing it, the same way Naira's doing it. But why don't you think they did it, Michelle? You think it was a safety um, thing, or do you think it was money, 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 money? How was uh-huh, that? Uh huh. Uh huh. Right. They're only uh, open. Yeah. I mean, Churchill Downs' two biggest days are Friday and Saturday, right? Of of Oaks and Derby. I still think they could have, de- yeah, pop, uh, you know, on track wise, but I still right. feel like they could have made a significant impact handle wise if they had kept it. But you know, then you have to think, okay, that's twenty people, and you know, all the people that are owners of them, like all of a sudden you right. end up with at two thousand people there, and you're I not agree. supposed to. I agree. So I agree. There's I agree. you have to look at it that way too. I, I agree. I, I'll back off, but I still think there was it was there was money related, but. Let's, I think it's a, and I'm, I, I know it's I'm crazy, but Terry really got me excited. Terry got me excited a little bit about it. Yeah. You know, that, that this is happening and it's a new thing and it's different. And, you know, uh, yeah, listen, with everything that's going Can on I in the world right add now. To that, if anyone from Churchill's listening, I think that going forward for the late <laughs> early fall derby, um, instead of it just being these races, right, because that's how we earn it in now it's points based on races that are predetermined so obviously that becomes a little more moot and they said they're going to add races but still it's like eh, right i feel like they should kind of expand it now so like maybe 10 horses get in by points and then right. maybe and five like by earnings, and maybe five are on a selection committee yeah yeah, yeah that'd be kind of so cool. something similar to breeders cup i think that's a good idea good idea michelle I love when you bring good ideas to the table. All right, let's talk about Derby preps, even though the Derby is not going to be till September. Um, there were some very, very uh, awesome performances. Let's talk about the Rebel. Okay, the Rebel <laughs> was insane. So Nadal uh, is how good fucking, was Nadal? Is fucking awesome. I'm sorry about my language again. I'm just you know it's a tough time, but I'm going to say bad words. He, but uh, Bob Baffert trained owned by George Bolton at all. I think there's a bunch of owners in Nadal. I don't have yeah. it in front of me, Nadal. Um, broke uh, a step slow. Joel Rosario puts him on the lead over a sloppy track. He gets massive pressure early from the Maggie Moss uh, Colt, the little Louisiana bred, right? Uh-huh. Then, uh huh. Then no, 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 no parole. parole. Then he he drops back because out. George Oof, per- Papa Pedromo's horse, uh, who was a very who finished second to eight rings last year in the uh, prep for the Breeders' Cup. What's his name? Uh, the gray horse. Pharaoh, American, American uh, theorem. American theorem. American theorem comes up and goes and duels Nadal for like a half a mile. 
What was he thinking? I don't know. I don't know. What what do you think Tiago was thinking? Was that what he was supposed to do? I don't think he was thinking. I think the horse maybe just was fresh or something. I have no idea what he was thinking. I don't know. So anyway, into the turn. I mean, if you stopped the race at the three ace pole and you just paused it and you said, okay, now let's make odds for all the horses right now. What would what would Nadal Nadal have been at that point? 20, 30, 40 to 1. <laughs> I don't know if it was th- I don't know if it would have been that high because he was I in mean, front like, and he's Bafford and he's the best horse, but I'm thinking yeah, maybe I think 6 to 1 you probably could have gotten knowing let me see, what had happened. I wanna, I'm let's see. I'm Are you going to pause it? I'm watching it real quick okay. again from I mean, there. Okay. At, so they went 46 flat for the half, the two of them, under right? pressure. Great call by Vic Stoffer. If either of these two win, they are the goods. Yeah. Well, then everyone looks like they're going to swallow them right. up. Like Silver Prospector, and I thought, was in a great spot. He, uh, well, here's the thing. is He waited, waited, waited at the rail. And then when they turned for home and Nadal finally came out a little bit that he could have given that hold to Silver Prospector, Silver Prospector went out too. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. So I thought he was in Nadal a great spot. Nadal put I thought... away American Theorem right here yeah. at the three-quarter. So they turned for home. Three sixteenths left to go. Well, then he then he puts distance again. Then he rebreaks. I mean, at that point, he goes to one and to two again. And then here comes the long shot. Right, but I, I'm saying it right at the three ace pole, like at the top of the turn. Yeah. Before they turn for home. Yeah, maybe not that much for one. Yeah, I think I think he's five six to one, and you're betting on um, the three technique. You're betting on uh, silver prospector. You're betting on any of those oh, horses who are who are right behind them, who kind of were just closing in ominously. Right. Mm-hmm. And then and then all of a sudden he just finds another gear. Big long shot. Tyler Bay's great ride uh, for Calumet uh, comes up and he looks like he's a winner. I mean, he looked like he was going to yeah. go right on, right on ball. Well, and then he's like, wait out, like, wait out. And, the and then the doll's like, nah, I don't think so. I thought for, regardless of, of buyer number, sheet number, whatever, visually, that was a tremendously impressive effort. Guttily, gutty effort. Um, and then like 15 minutes later. Uh, Charlatan just runs a 106 buyer. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that was awesome. I know right? this is a family show, and I'm keep swearing, but like, wow. I mean, I, it was. Oh, that was my. Um, what was it? What's his name? The guy. Wow. Anyway. Wow. Um, that was amazing. I mean, listen. I don't know what he beat. He beat a bunch of you know. It was a one other than. What? How do the Equibase um, figures compare to buyer speed figures? I think they're always higher. Well, yeah, but like, do you know how much higher? I don't know. I know he. So now in two starts, he's earned a 105 and a 106. And pretty nice. He's pretty awesome. And I mean, Bob just has, you know, he also has Authentic, who's also undefeated and a graded stakes winner. I mean, their three horses are undefeated. I was standing next, so I'm standing next to Baffert. He had eight rings and Azul Coast and High Velocity. And Azul Coast and High Velocity were entered for the Sunland Derby. Yeah. Oh, no, I haven't forgotten. And then they canceled. The whole I think Baffert. I think Baffert should just run his own derby, right? Yeah, who wouldn't want to see that? Wouldn't you? Pay, I'd I'd pay pay per view to just have the Baffert Derby and you put them all together, and you know you you you, you say uh, who wouldn't want to watch that and bet on that? Right. I think it'd be awesome. Anyway, um, they were awesome. What did I miss? Who who else ran this weekend? Is that it? Um, no, it was the uh, Jeff Ruby Stakes. Right. The Mike Maker. Um, Listen to my dog barking in the back. Field Pass. Field Pass. Field Pass, who won the Dania Beach last time out on the grass and was making the tur- uh, Polytrack debut. Nice. Um, he ran really good. It was kind of a weird race, but good for Mike Maker. He's kind of a master at synthetic. I read Ortiz riding the Colt. I thought it, I thought he ran really well. I thought he did too. Um, the other Mike Maker was really interesting. The one that went really fast, Fancy Liquor. Mm-hmm. He warmed up solo. <laughs> I was on Fox with Gary Stevens, and he's like, and I, he was like, that guy just took off so fast. I said, I think that was Fancy Liquor, and he's like, oh, he should go the front. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, well, if they didn't want him to go the front, then Florent Giroux is going to be in deep trouble. He might get more than two words out of Mike Maker because he just <laughs> warmed that horse up so aggressively by himself. It's interesting that you see that. I wonder if a lot of handicappers look at the the horses warming up. I I don't. You um, don't ever. 
I don't. I'm, I, you know, I'm too. I'm, I'm not really paying attention during the warm up. I have to be. I'm being honest. I, I usually have my, my stuff done by then. The only thing I'll notice is if a horse is washing out real bad or something like that. You know, I'm not noticing that. Oh, they're galloping. You know, getting this horse really loose before the warm up. Um, I don't. But I'm sure some people do. Um, Michelle, we have no idea what's coming up other than there is live racing. They, they, they took entries for Santa Anita Friday. this morning for mm-hmm. Friday. I'm assuming you're you're working. Yes, uh, actually, all week I'm going to be on Fox, so splitting duties between the simulcast show and the Fox show. And um, Fox One actually has picked up about seven hours this weekend of horse racing. Wow. Yeah. Why don't you throw my name into the mix? You think I could get a job? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll yeah. let him know. Are you looking to host or be an analyst, Billy? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, you and I, we do a good job on this. this I mean, broadcast. you know, John. maybe Jonathan Kinchin can't make all his shows. You can take over as handicapper. There you go. All right. Well, Michelle, I thought it was a great show. I'm really glad Terry Finley came on. Um, I am praying for everybody in America to stay safe, uh, follow these guidelines that have been put out. Um, let's flatten the curve. I'd like the name. Let's of define our legacy. And let's define our legacy per Terry Finley. I thought that was really great. Uh, Michelle, um, I miss you. I miss seeing you and, uh, give a, a hug and a kiss to those little ones for me. Uh, for everybody else out there, you beast. can, you can tweet us at own a horse at the Michelle, you at BKLRF. Um, you can, uh, download the show at uh, on iTunes. I think it's on there now. Michelle's going to put it up later. I got to do some editing right now and then we'll, we'll have it up later and hopefully, uh, you guys will listen. I thought it was a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll do something fun next week too. And if we need to do an emergency podcast, we can do it. So do you just let me know? All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Good. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye everyone. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Daddy Longlegs, Scat Daddy's only proven son at stud in North America. Crowned champion freshman sire in Chile, Daddy Longlegs has already sired three graded stakes winners from his first two crops of runners, including a champion two-year-old colt. A talented runner himself who won multiple graded stakes on multiple surfaces. He's passing that versatility onto his progeny with stakes winners on dirt and turf. Daddy Longlegs, a tailor-made stallion. Call today to book.